Okay, welcome back. Shem Yishmol, Sheer and Gilad Chaverim here in Yerushalayim. Again, always a plug for the shul, a very wonderful place to daven, um, to come for Shabbos. If you're in Yerushalayim and you're not going to the Kotel, so come here. Um, the Medrash, the Midrashim, I guess I should say, about Parshas Koach, gives so many different insights into why Korach may have done what he did. Right, that's why it's a favorite parsha of Darshanim. You can ascribe almost every negative aspect to Karach and show why he did something that seemed so abysmally stupid to attack Moshe Rabbeinu, to attack Aaron. But it's not written in the Torah for us to laugh at Karach. The Torah is a lashon of Horah. It's teaching. It's trying to teach us things. And each detail that's there in the Psukim, in the Midrashim, is there to help us understand how a human being works and how to avoid what Karach did and to understand Karach as well. Now, when you look into the Hasidic Svarim, they have a tendency, but also in the Bali Musa as well, especially Rabbi Isaac Sher of Slobodka, to try to show that, just like last week, the Miraglim, you know, they weren't a bunch of louts. They weren't a bunch of scaredy cats. These were people who had the best for Am Yisrael in their hearts. They were trying to think spiritually what would be best, and that was what they fought for. Karach as well, again, who had a very lofty position as a Levi, was someone who obviously, at least in his conscious mind, okay, we'll look at the subconscious that the Midrashim reveal in a little bit, but at least in his conscious mind, felt that this was something very important to do to save Amisra, that this, this was key, that this had to be done. I'll just, uh, for people who don't like spooky stories, so you can like close your ears and hum a tune for a minute, but uh, I, I heard the story of a certain Rebbe who was aware of who his soul had been in previous Gilgulim, in previous incarnations, and he was telling his Hasidim that he was actually present in Dor HaMidbar. His neshama was there in another body in Dor HaMidbar. And they asked him, do you remember the argument with Karach? And he said, yes. And they said, so you must have been like backing up Moshe Rabbeinu. And he said, actually, I was, I was undecided. He said, you have no concept how impressive Karach was. He says, I, I really didn't know. So a statement like that just opens up our eyes to this factor, this aspect of it. Okay. So let's look how the Shemishmul takes some details, builds his thesis, tries to ask questions on it, and then give us some clarity and something will nice. He speaks on a medrash that says, Moshe. Okay, now even in the straight shot, we have a hard time figuring out who was Korach against. Right? On one hand, he wanted to have Aaron's job. That seemed to be clear. But it began that he was upset with Moshe Rabbeinu because another person was chosen to be the Nasi, the head in the Nevi'im. And therefore, he was angry with Moshe Rabbeinu. And this carried on from there. Okay, so Cholak Kinegid Moshe, even though a lot seems to be about Aaron and the question of who's going to be the Kohen Godel and who's going to be Kohanim, it started off with this argument with Moshe. Now, he says, his father, right, the, uh, the Avnei Nezer of Sachachov explained, this has to explain a bit 
what Korach didn't understand in terms of the difference between him and Aaron. If he felt that he could replace Aaron, that he was as worthy or better than Aaron, how can that be? Right? In other words, even if he felt he was great, like he says, to take the kuna away from Aaron, who'd been given it by Moshe Rabbeinu, how could it be? So he explained the following. This is what Chazal meant when they said he was cholik on Moshe. Moshe is not just a person. Moshe Rabbeinu is the source of Das in Am Yisrael. What is Das? Das is the power to differentiate. Okay, that's why on Motsoy Shabbos we say the Havdolah portion in the Brach of Chonin Adas because Chazal said, Im ein Das, Havdolah minayim. Without Das, you don't know how to differentiate. So therefore, this was the slippery slope. Moshe Rabbeinu was the source of Das, was the source of enabling the Jew to be able to differentiate between this and that. Once Karach cut his connection to Moshe Rabbeinu, he no longer had that power of differentiation. Boundaries were blurred, definitions weren't clear, and therefore he was able to make mistakes. Okay, now he says, he can still ask on this. To not define between himself and Aaron, that's a very big leap to make. Havdullah, the idea of differentiating that's accomplished by Das, is really on things that are very subtle. Right? This is what Rashi brings in Parshas Kedoshim. It says, You'll be Mavdil, you'll use the power of Havdullah, of differentiation between a Behemah Tumeya and a Behemah Torah. So Rashi says, Okay, a person can't come and say, I'm a, I'm a kashrus expert, I'm going to give a lecture, this is a horse, and this is a cow. That's really not a use of das in differentiation. Rashi says, it's about something which is nishchat rubo shel simul nishchat chetzio, that the shechita is a question of a hair's breadth, whether the majority of the area in the cow that had to be shechted was done or not. So therefore, he says, once again, our question returns. How could Karach think that he and Aaron were on the same footing? Aaron was meforsim lanovi od beretz mitzrayim. Aaron had been a novi back in Egypt. It wasn't just Moshe Rabbeinu that brought about the makos and things. Many of them were Moshe and Aaron. Many of them, Aaron was the one who did the action. The Anani covered. The supernatural clouds were there. Bizchus Aaron. It's apples and oranges. Korach should have been able to see that. Anybody can see it. Right? We say that Korach was brilliant. And Korach even had an aspect of Ruach HaKodesh. They said that was part of what tripped him up. Because he saw that he would have descendants. He would have Shmuel Anovi. And the Moshe of Aaron Bekona was Shmuel. Bekore Shmo. That Shmuel is like Moshe and Aaron. In his generation, nonetheless, these phrases that we don't understand so well, Nevuah and Ruach HaKodesh, but you look, you look in the Rambam, the Allahs of Nevuah and Hilchas Yisori Torah, Nevuah is a very clearly defined thing. And Nevuah is very different from Ruach HaKodesh. It's an entirely different Madrega. So Korach really should not have been able to fool himself. He said, Hevdel Rav Beinem, there's a tremendous difference between them. He shouldn't have needed das. Okay, 
So here he brings a fascinating thing from Narezal. He says, every neshama has to be magulgal, okay, has to come through the world in different incarnations. I hate using that word because it sounds just so weird. But a gilgal, meaning neshamas have repeat visits, and they have to come and serve as a coin, a levi, and Yisrael. Okay? That's a, a person will come. One lifetime will be a coin. One lifetime will be a levi. One lifetime will be a Yisrael. Now he says, the Kedushas Kahuna is actually what's called the Kedushas Haguf. Meaning, and we spoke about this before when I said that, you know, the fact that the coin can give the bracha to Am Yisrael doesn't mean that he's a great person necessarily. He's got this gene which is implanted in him that enables him to be a transmitter of the bracha. He says, why do we say that? Because if we see here, if the neshama is the same, and the neshama goes into the body of a coin, and suddenly this body and soul creature is a coin, that means that the coin aspect is that which, the body aspect is that which makes him a coin, because in his next Gilgal, when he's in the body of a levi, he ain't a coin anymore, he's a levi. And he says, this is why, in fact, kuhuna goes by descent, right? A coin who gives birth to a coin, the child is a coin, because it's something that's coming from the goof. A chacham does not give birth to a chacham. As I'll state that explicitly, even, and bring reasons why that's so. So, he said like this. He said that there are these different levels of the soul. People always talk about the nefesh, ruach, neshama. And the nefesh being the more basic life force that's connected to our physicality. Ruach above that, neshama above that. Each of them receive their tikkun in different ways. He says, neshama. And Hashemah received its tikkun through good thoughts. B'dibur Torah, mitakenes ha-ruach. The ruach level is through speaking Torah. Torah is something we're not supposed to learn just with our eyes. We're actually supposed to speak and utilize the ruach. And maiseh ha-mitzvus mitakenes ha-nefesh. The actual doing of mitzvus is mitaking the nefesh level. So what we see from that is, he says, that everything that is more murgash and more namuch, everything which is in this lower physical world, more tangible, needs to be fixed by something which is more tangible. The goof cannot be fixed by dibur. The goof has to be fixed by maisa. The task of the kohen is to connect the very physicality of this world to its source and to elevate it. That is what's happening in the Beis Amigdash. That's what's happening in the world of Karbonas. That's what's happening when the coin even receives his truma and the other matnas kahuna. All of these things are connecting. I heard from Rosh Shapiro Zetzal, he said the word kohen can be broken up into ko-nun, meaning that this world should be like the original plan from Sharhanun, the 50th gate which is above all of nature, above seven times seven. So he says, in order to do that, you must have someone who is doing this physically with a physical goof, and that this physical goof will therefore be the vehicle for kuhuna, and then the kohen will be able to, through that goof, do what he has to in this world, 
and to connect everything up to its source. He says, if it was just something else in the world of Ruach, in the world of Neshama, you can't do that. So this, he says, is going to give us a clue to why Korach was running for the position. In order to understand it, we have to go back to another puzzling parsha in Machlokas, which is the one of Nodav Va'avihu. Nodav Va'avihu, Arna Cohen's sons, who again received that powerful title in the Pasuk, Bikrovai Ekodesh. Moshe Rabbeinu consoled Aaron, telling him, I knew that people were very close to HaKadosh Baruch who were going to bring about this Kiddush Hashem. I thought maybe it would be in you, me and you, and I thought it was them. But as always in the Midrashim, you see many facets. Listening to the following Midrash, Chazal said that Nodov and Aviru used to walk behind Moshe and Aaron Va'amru, and they said, when are these two old guys going to, you know, cash in their chips and we'll be able to lead the generation? Okay, now again, superficial people who see something like that say, oh, look at that, you know, it's always been the same, politics always been the same, right, all these things. We're not talking about such people. Chazal said that and there must be something very powerful in that message. They called them zakeni. They called them old men. The word zakein has another meaning. He says, zakeinim hen besechel. The zakein, Chazal broke up the word zakein, is a notricon zekhana chachma. This is a person who has wisdom. Okay? So they said, these people are zakeinim. Moshe and Aaron are the wise. But they need to step aside for us to lead the generation. What did they, Nadav and Aviu, have that they felt was so important for Am Yisrael to have and that Moshe and Aaron couldn't give them? So here's his thesis. There are two general ways in Avodah Hashem. There's a way of serving Hashem in a way which is very demonstrative that a person is on fire with Avodah Hashem. And they express it, they sing, they dance, they clap, they jump, they scream. It's there. And I'm not talking about fake stuff, I'm talking about real. Right? That this is the way they do their Avodah Hashem. And he says, But there's a higher form of Avodah, that is in the mind. It's all happening in the mind. Now, Hamach, Hukar, he says the brain is cold. Right? In other words, it's dealing with knowledge. Now, again, obviously, it's Avoda. Avoda means that tremendous things are happening there in the mind of that Ovid Bamach, but you don't see it outside. He said there's Hispalus. There's Hispalus, the person is being transformed by what he's learning and what he's thinking, what he's grasping. But Ena. Someone looking at the person doesn't see it happening. He says, he'll say, He says, I don't hear nothing, so I guess nothing's happening. He says, but really what happens is that all the other faculties of the person are bottled to the seicha. What's happening in that person's avoda, it's so powerful that the other areas, he's not jumping and he's not clapping and he's not dancing because all of those powers are now bottled to the tremendous experience that's going on in the mind of the Ovid Besecha. 
And he brings a story that he felt illustrated it. He, again, was the grandson of the famous Kotzke Rebbe. So he said, at one point, he says, uh, my father said that when he was young, he was sick, and he was coughing, coughing up blood. So the Kotzker took him on Rosh Hashanah and had him daven together with him in his little room that was next to the base medrash. Okay, the Kotzker wouldn't daven in the main thing. He had a, a little room which was open to the base medrash. So he said, my father told me I was there davening with the Kotzker, and I saw him daven Shmonesri on Rosh Hashanah. I saw him make the brachas before Tkiyas. I saw him listening to the Kiyas. He didn't move. I didn't see any particular change in his body and his movements. But his face was on fire like a torch. Meaning, something very, very powerful was happening inside, but it wasn't expressive in that way. It was there happening in the world of the mind. So he says, just as the seichel is gavoa mibchina saleh, so too that avoda of the seichel without ispalus that can be felt is even greater than the avoda which is done through movement and through ispalus. Okay, now again, none of us can probably really plug ourselves into that equation because I don't know if we're really doing either of those avodas, but there are certainly aspects of it which are there. So here he explains what Nodav and Aviyu were saying. Moshe and Aaron, their avoda was the avoda of the Moach and the Seichel. They were zakenim. And guess what? If you would have seen Moshe and Aaron, it wouldn't have been a big splash when they came into shore. They were not necessarily people that got the crowd whipped up. He says, Now, Chazal said, uh, I'm sorry, when he says Rabbi Seno HaKadoshim, this means his Masorah among the Rebbe's in Poland. They said, this is the way they explained what it says about Aaron HaKoyen, the way he lit the menorah. A couple weeks ago, we had in Barshish Baloska, right? He was told to light the menorah. And yes, Aaron did just like that. So Rashi brings down, like, you think he wouldn't? Right? What's going to be? So they explained the following. Vayas Kein Aaron means, right, so Zorashi said that the Pasuk tells us, shino. he didn't change, right? But do we think he was going to change the way you light the menorah? Was it something going to be? What it means is, right, that he himself didn't change. And this is the mushal they gave. They said, if the Breditcha of the Rebbe, the Holy Kedusha Slevi, was assigned to light the menorah, they said, his ispalus it would have smashed the entire thing. One day, having the Britisher would light the menorah in the base Amigdash, you would have had like a bent golden item on the floor, cups of oil spilled all over the place, like wicks merrily burning in the corner or something, and the Britisher would have been, okay, this is not meant to be disrespectful, right? These are people who revere the Britisher. But that was his avoda. That was his form of avoda. Okay, but Aaron Loshino meaning Lonishtane Lispal Bureshuvatnos. Aaron, you saw nothing, no no moving, shaking, and there are these different ways of Avoda in Amisra. 
The Lubavitcher Rebbe, I believe, did not move during Yishmanes. He would stand stuck still. Um, there's a, a Rav here in Yushalayim that is very, very, very active in his Navoda. So on Sukkot, his Nanuim with the Lulav are so powerful, they have to keep a stack of spares next to him. Because, you know, one Anashem Oshiyana, the Lulav is, you know, looks like last year's broom, and they have to hand him another one for the next Anashem Oshiyana. Right? So there are different types of Avoda which are done. So Noda Vahavihu felt Lanhoga Sador Yosef Tov Shamanik Tiavodosa be Spilus Nigeshes. They felt that that generation needed his Spilus. They, they needed it. It's nothing wrong with it, and it's a legitimate form of Avodos Hashem, and they felt that the people were not getting what they needed. They weren't able to draw from that Avodah of Moshe and Aaron. They were Zikanim, not putting them down as old guys. They were Zikanim. They were people of Chachma, but the people needed to be elevated by the Hispilus. And uh, that was what they felt. And therefore they said, Masayah Musu Shnei Zikanim Halolu, Right, so that we will take their place because we're not Zakanim, we're Bonim. We're young. Our voter will be with his spilus and we'll be able to lead them and it'll be good for them. He says this parish is found also in the Sefer Yismach Moshe, something like this. Okay, and again, it is important. They said Mendelovich, when he came to America, one of the questions he sent back to Gedolim in Europe was if he's sitting in the yeshiva that he founded in Tervadas. And he's really not into his davening that day. Is it allowed to daven out loud and as if he feels it, because that will help the entire yeshiva daven better? Or does he have to be honest and just... And I believe he was told that he could do that, right? That he could do that. But certainly, when the person does feel it, it has that power to uplift it. So he says, he thinks this is the same thing going on here with Karach. Karach felt... The kahuna, the job of the kahuna is to connect physicality to its source in Shemayim. To uplift every physical aspect of this world. And he says, for that, you need the goof to be something of Kedusha and Avoda. The body itself has to be on fire and moved with that Avoda. And you have to have the ability to affect other people that way. And for that, there's nobody better than a Levi. And he was the head of all the Levim. The Levi sings. The idea of singing, right, is, um, Huttner said such a beautiful thought about the pleasure of dancing to music. So what is the pleasure of dancing to music? If we're honest, the neshama, the soul, often feels like overridden by the goof. We're so much more aware of what our goof wants or doesn't want than our neshama. Right? And the goof kind of bosses around the neshama. That's what happens until a person is really advanced in their avoda. So he says, here comes music, and it's something spiritual. And almost against its will, the body moves to the music. That's the neshama to the neshama. You see, something ruchni can take over the body as well. So here, the levim were the masters of this. When Am Yisrael would come to the Beis Amikdash, this was something that was meant to affect them. We're going to open parentheses here a second for a tiny piece, the Shem Shmuel, just a page later. He speaks about what the Levim did. It says, Lamod lifnei ha'edo to stand before 
the community, the people, the nation, and to serve them. Rashi said, what type of service? Lashir ala duchan. To sing on the duchan, on the, the stage that was set up in the Beis Amikdash. But he says, wait a second. Why do we call that Amida lifneha eda? To stand before the people to sing. Right? You know, we always make fun of like, if you have some guy who's doing chazanas and he hits the high note and he likes to look up at the ladies' section to see if he's making the ladies swoon, you know, when he hits that high note or something. So you get a break. Are you davening to Hashem? Or who are you davening to? But here the Pasuk seems to be focusing the Levim who are doing their singing, Rashi says, to the people. So he says, correct. Because their avoda was They were focusing on the people for the purposes of Avodah Hashem. They were singing in order to ignite a love of Hashem in Am Yisrael to connect them to Hashem to put them on fire. Okay, and this was done by the Levim connecting themselves to that Avodah Hashem. They themselves being on fire in that way. Right? And being moved by what they were doing. And with that, they would be able, able to connect Am Yisrael. He says, especially because Am Yisrael would support the Levim, and that gave them this linkage. And that is what they were doing. So here, this is what Karach said. This is what the people need. Okay? The task of the Kohen Gadol has to be able to take physicality and to bring it to its source. And the I have more power to do this than anybody else in the generation, including Moshe and Aaron. So this is why he felt he should be the Kohen Gadol. He knew that in terms of Moach and Seichel, Aaron was greater than him. He knew that Aaron was a Novi and that he wasn't. He wasn't stupid. But this subtle difference, there he felt that he had the advantage. He says, it's true, maybe in the spiritual realms, Aaron is doing more than I'm doing, maybe he can do, but in the physical world, which is where the coin has to make his difference, I can do more than Aaron. Interesting. Suddenly, at least we see something which is there. Now again, the, as we would say, the subconscious had things going on there beforehand. He was angry, right, about the fact that someone else was chosen to lead the Nevi'im, Right is Elitzofon uh, Ben Uziel. The Medrash, the fascinating Medrash, it says that part of it was his wife's fault. Right? In other words, uh, she, Karach was a Levi. Now, back in Parshish Balosu, we saw the initiation of the Levim, which was a very strange type of thing. They had to shave their hair, right? according to at least some of the Shittas, every hair on their body, even eyebrows. No hair at all. And they came to Aaron. Aaron picked up every Levi and lifted him up. So the Medrash says that Karach came home and his wife said, what happened to you? How was that? He said, um, like, uh, Moshe did this to me. Right? Aaron did this to me. He said, yeah? Well, I just saw Aaron. He's got his hair and he's dressed up pretty nice. He's got some fancy clothes and these kind of things. He said, yeah, and, and then Aaron like picked me up like a bag of manure, like a farmer, you know, dragging a sack of manure. Suddenly, that beautiful, honorable uh, dedication of the Levim, right, that uplifting thing to him was viewed as something, a denigration, which was there. And the fact that his wife put him down for that, this, in the subconscious, 
got him to build towers of shitas as to why he would be preferable to Aaron, but we have to realize that those things are part of it as well. Okay, what was Korach missing? Why was Korach wrong? Okay, so he says, Ta'a Korach was wrong. Be'emez gufo shel Aaron niskadesh yosem imenu. Aaron's very physicality, his goof, had more kedusha than Korach's with all of his singing and everything that he could do. But how? Aaron, we said, he was, did his avoda without the big hispilus. He lit the menorah without spilling a drop of oil. He wasn't jumping, he wasn't doing, but he did something else with his body. He says he was a Merkava to the highest thoughts and connected with his mind to the Olam Yonim. And is nonetheless, he Aaron would step down from all of that and go out to do simple things for Am Yisrael. The source he's about to quote is in the Tana de Velio. It says, after the Chet Egel, Yodea Aaron Ba'atzmo, Aaron knew Shabbat Dover Godel Yisrael al Yoto. He felt bad that such a pivotal event as the Chet Egel came through him. Hayakosha Chevashel Barzel B'Mosmov. Right, he would put on an iron belt. Let's we'll see what that means. Umachzer al Kol Pischei Yisrael. He would go to the door, to door, to all of Am Yisrael. If there was a Jew who didn't know how to read Kriyashma, he would learn with him. If somebody didn't know how to daven, right? person wanted to get started in basic Torah learning, he would start beginners learning with him. Below Aaron Bilvad, not Aaron himself, but this is supposed to be the path of any Tamar Chacham, meaning... We have to admit, when we talked about those two approaches, most of us probably found that avoda of Hislavas and Hispilus much more attractive. If we think, whose shul would we want to go to? Right, The one in which it's hopping and jumping and singing and doing, or the one in which it's this kind of intense but unmoving dvekus which is there. I mean, some people that might be good, but, you know, I need to get, and many of us do. But don't think that that level of zakani of Moshe and Aaron, are disconnected. They would, that would not be worth anything if their greatness wasn't able to be transformed and brought to the people. And that's what Aaron did in that way. And so it's supposed to be for everyone who has Torah knowledge is supposed to do so. Another place in the Torah of the Veliyot, it brings the Pasuk in Yeshayahu. Kitira arum If you see a person who is naked, you should cover him. Kate said, what does that mean? You see someone who doesn't know Torah, and you say, bring him into your house. Teach him Kriyashma, teach him Tefillah. Teach him one Pasuk a day. Inspire him. He says, That's this idea of clothing the naked. So this is how Aaron created the goof, he said, that was the receptacle for the Kedusha of Kuhuna, and that was able to elevate every physical thing more than Korach could imagine. And this was what connected him so much to Am Yisrael, that they loved him so much. He was Oiv Shalom, Reiv Shalom, Oiv Esabriusumakarvan the Torah. And therefore it says that they mourned Aaron so much when he passed away. So this was where Korach went wrong. 
his das, the idea of subtle differentiation was lost. And he couldn't understand that Aaron was Makadesh even the goof in that way. Okay, so this is what he teaches us in terms of it. So what does it mean? Does it mean that we're not supposed to sing and dance with these slavos? This is a Hasidic Sefer. I don't think he'd be saying that. Of course we have to. But we have to realize also that there are levels in Am Yisrael of Avoda that don't express themselves in that way and may be higher. On the other hand, people who serve Hashem in that way cannot isolate themselves from everyone else. They also have to connect and influence people. And they can do that by stepping down from all their lofty thoughts and sitting down with the person and learning with them whatever basic thing they can learn. There's a beautiful story. This is the one I shared as a story this week, but I'll say it again here. I was listening on the radio on the yard side of Rabbi Vadio Saves That's all. They just had different people who were close to him telling stories, story after story. So I didn't hear all of them, but this one really caught me. Every year, he would make a big conference for Dayanin. Right? He was about uh, Batei Adin in Israel, so to speak. They had of all the Dayonim and the different branches of the Rabbanuts would have this big conference and all these very impressive looking Dayonim would come and they would discuss the most complex issues facing Batei Din in Choshen Mishpat, in Eben Ezer, in all the laws that they deal with. It was something that the Dayonim looked forward to each year. And so it was, they came, and they sat down, this whole room of imposing Dayonim, and Ravadya started off as he usually would, with a complex question, and asked them how they would deal with it. And then suddenly he shifted, and he started talking about how beautiful it is to keep Shabbos. Sometimes it's challenging to keep Shabbos, but when you do it, you start to see the benefit of it. It's so important. You may not know all the laws of Shabbos in the beginning, but you start and you learn more as you go. And the Dayonim were starting to look at each other. <laughs> What's going on? And then he said, another thing I want to mention is how important it is to send your children to a Jewish religious school that will teach them Torah. Right? It's an entirely different experience, he said. You know, they'll connect them to their heritage, to their family. They'll be able to function as Jews. It will enrich them. You'll see it'll help even the, the whole family unit. And Dayonim were looking and they thought, he was not a young man. Maybe this is what they called a senior moment, but it was going on like a senior half hour, you know, and like, and every one of you, he says, can learn a little bit of Torah every day. <laughs> you know, you didn't know what was going on. So finally he wrapped it up and his son came over to him and he said, are you okay? He says, look, I was looking around the room and I noticed that they had hired somebody to film this session. This guy who was there didn't, particularly look like someone who'd ever had any Torah education. So with all due respect to these Dayonim, you know, like, they've learned a ton of Torah. They know how to get in touch with me if they need to. When is this guy going to hear something which is useful to him and inspirational to him? So I talked to him. That's what it has to be. And uh, this was a major theme in his life. He would exhaust himself going from shul to shul to shul of simple people. And even though he could give very complex shurim, which he did at different times, many of his shurim, like he said, was to teach Am Yisrael to have clear what to do. To know clearly how the Torah guides us day to day, what to do, halacha l'maysa. And he, he, his son said that Ravadu would light Hanukkah candles about 11 o'clock at night. 11 o'clock at night, isn't there an Indian to light at the beginning of the time? He said, yeah, but this is a time, Hanukkah, that people have time to go to shiurim. And many shuls organize shiurim all over Israel. 
So he would go from shir to shir to shir. He would come home at 11 o'clock. He would light his Neres Hanukkah. This is something which is very powerful, and I'll just finish by illustrating how powerful it is in an interesting way. What he was trying to do, and these basic steps that are described here, are really helping a Jew just feel at home in Judaism. Aaron saw somebody who didn't know how to read Kriyashma, not know how to read Kriyashma, right, to daven, to do these different things. This is, goes beyond just being able to do that thing itself, and here's the story that illustrates it. It was a story I read, I didn't see it happen, about Rosh Hashiva, Baron Shechter, Shlita, you should be well. And it happened at a wedding, a wedding of a student who did not come from a Torah-observant family. And the wedding was starting up, they were sitting at the table, writing the ksuva, and the chassan's father was there, and he looked really upset. He was very grumpy, he was very angry. And uh, people weren't exactly sure what, what to do, you know, it was kind of spoiling the simcha a bit. So Rosh Hashiva got up and asked him to come with him to a side room. And they sat there for a while. They came out half an hour later, smiling and laughing. And they sat down and the father joined in with the wedding fully and happily. Afterwards, someone asked him, what, what did you do? How did you bring about this whole shift in attitude and this thing, he says, it was very simple. I tried to put myself in his shoes. He's here at a wedding that was unlike any other wedding he'd ever seen before. His son was going to be doing things. He was probably expected to do or not do things, but nobody told him what was happening. I sat with him in the room, and I explained everything step by step. This is what I'm going to do. This is what your son's going to do. This is what the is going to do. This is what you're going to do. First, we're going to do this. And then we're going to do that. And that fear factor went away. That, fear, that sense of disassociation and hostility went away. So that is what the greatest Talmud HaChachamim know how to do as well. If they do that, with all the time that it takes from things that they could be doing in lofty ways, that's Mekadesh, their goof. That becomes the goof that's a receptacle for Torah, and that enables them to reach even higher levels than before. That was what Korach missed. And we have to be careful not to miss that and to remember that lesson. It starts there as well. Everyone have a wonderful week.